0: Welcome to the Cooking for Chemo podcast. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan, your host. And I'm the producer, Jesse Callahan. And the purpose of this podcast is to tackle the eating-related side effects of chemotherapy and discuss the practical real-world solutions to make your food taste great again. Again, again,
1: again, again. Of course, we always say that's presuming that you ever knew how to make food taste good in the first place.
0: Yes, and that's going to be the most interesting thing we've done in this podcast because we're going to talk about... Understanding basic new...
1: Hey, wake up, wake up.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> We're going to talk about understanding basic nutrition. You so... know,
1: nutrition, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off here. People are obviously interested in it, just not you. It's so It's boring. one of the most searched things on YouTube, on Google, on Bing. All There are diets, okay. there are things all the time for fitness. Maybe
0: it's not just the topic of nutrition that's boring. Maybe it's how people do it that makes it boring. So maybe we can make it interesting and people will listen to this whole thing.
1: Maybe you go take a nap and I'll <laughs> tell people what they need I'm just going to take know. a
0: nap in the corner with the dog. Yeah. All right. So in this episode, we're going to talk about understanding what basic nutrition is. And Chef Ryan, what do we need to know about it? Well,
1: actually, that's not the entire subject. Oh. We're going to talk about basic nutrition and why working with a dietician is important.
0: Oh, that is important. Okay, see, now we're spicing it up a bit, throwing in some of that cayenne pepper. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> As you guys can always tell, Jesse is not the cook in the family, right? <laughs> Some, uh, oh, geez, what's spicy. Oh, I hear the little hamster wheel turn in there. Yeah, you know,
0: like, uh, uh, cayenne, or, cayenne. Oregano?
1: No, no, cayenne, cayenne. Cayenne for the lifeline, Okay, right?
0: I've learned a lot since marrying you, okay?
1: Yes, actually, you know, uh, I always tell a story that Jesse used to burn water. Uh, when we first got together, I love to tell the story, and you can blush all you'd like, but it's podcast, so nobody can tell that you're embarrassed. <laughs> So, uh, when me and Jessie first got together, uh, she lived on her own in an apartment, and I came to her house, and I went up the back stairs, I'd gotten off work, and she lived on the second floor, and I walk up this flight of stairs, and I, she has this pepper plant in this pot, and I look, I'm like, what the heck is that? There's this black, square, <laughs> glistening object, it looked like obsidian, like literally a volcanic glass shard, sitting in this pot, and I'm looking at it, and I, and I poked it, and it's hard, and it's crumbling, and it's, like, crunchy. I look at it and I'm like, what the heck is it? And I see this yellow line through the center of it. And I kind of picked it up and I I looked at it and I realized she had burned a grilled cheese sandwich but I had never seen a burned grilled cheese sandwich literally look like volcanic <laughs> rock. dark black. With American cheese in the center of it. So I go inside the house, and she comes out of the family room crying, because you we went into the kitchen. She comes out of the family room crying. She's like, I'm so hungry, I can't even feed myself. Please feed me. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, now you know why my wife married me. Yes. It's because simply for the fact that I fed her. <laughs> you feed me. The, I always say, you know, they always say the fastest way to a man's heart is through his stomach, right? Well, the fastest way to an Italian girl's heart is also <laughs> through her, her stomach. stomach. <laughs> it's just a fact. So, basic nutrition, oh, right? Geez. So, we're just going to cover this real lightly. There's really great informative articles at cookingforchemo.org. That's right, cookingforchemo.org. <laughs> um, And it covers basic nutrition and then we're gonna talk about meal planning in another episode but it also covers that we also talked about last week's safety and sanitation all that's on there as well this is under the more cooking for chemo information tab so here's what you kind of need to know about nutrition You've, you've probably heard of the food guide pyramid, right? It's a pyramid and then you've got the grains and the pastas and you got the milk and the cheeses and the beans and the, all this different stuff in a bunch of different hard to remember categories and you don't know what the heck it is. So I've broken it down really simply into Chef Ryan's food circle pyramid. Food circle pyramid? No. It's just three easy to remember categories. So, hey, wake <laughs> right, up. Get to it. I'm getting bored. <laughs> You're always bored. It's ADHD. So... There's three categories of food you really need to think about, right? And we I put these together because they work together and they're easy to remember. So there are three main uh, categories, categories of foods, okay? And typically they're called na- macronutrients, but this is the easiest way to remember them. There are proteins and fats, that's one category. Carbohydrates and starches, that's another category, and vitamins and minerals. So proteins and fats, they go together hand in hand, right? All protein is always, 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 always bonded to a fat, okay? Protein is what builds muscles, okay? We're not gonna get into the technicality of the chemical differences, but protein is what builds muscles. It's made out of chains of amino acids. It's what makes you strong and big. It also helps replicate your DNA. It helps repair your body after you work out or you go running or if you've had surgery. Protein helps to rebuild it. Fat is always paired with protein because fat is a storage module for the next category, which is carbohydrates and starches. Carbohydrates and starches are the energy. They're literally the fuel for your body. That is where you get the energy to jump up and down. You know when you give a little kid sugar? Sugar is a carbohydrate. Potatoes and rice, they're starches. Those are complex carbohydrates. And the most complex carbohydrate is a fat. Fat is the way that those two things are stored. But proteins and fats go together, carbohydrates and starches go together, and vitamins and minerals go together. Vitamins and minerals are found in fruits and veggies, In mushrooms, in all kinds of places, bone marrow, these are storage devices that hold the vitamins and minerals that your body needs. Vitamins and minerals allow for the functions in your body to take place. That's why you need them, right? Vitamin C helps with immune health. Vitamin B12 helps with digestion and energy. That's why we have these different things. Like Vitamin D helps calcium bond to your bones and that's why our milk comes enriched with vitamin d because it actually helps you build stronger bones literally that's that's what the vitamin does it helps to adhere this mineral right so you just think of it like this right you have proteins and fats okay that's how you repair your body you have carbohydrates and starches this is how you fuel your body and you have vitamins and minerals, which help your body do the functions that it needs to do. And that's really basic nutrition. And it's just about keeping a healthy balance of those three categories. And you need all of three of those categories in every single meal.
0: Okay, that wasn't too bad. That was pretty simple. Exactly. Okay.
1: See, it's pretty so you simple. you keep going. Pretty easy. Right? <laughs> okay,
0: I'll allow it. So that's going. the overview.
1: Okay. <laughs> So the next thing that people think about when they think about nutrition is they think about the big word, the C word, the calories word, you know? You look at your boxes. And did you ever notice that the nutrition facts on a box, for some reason, they keep getting larger and the calories keep getting larger, like as if anybody even knows what the heck calories are to begin with and how much they even need, much less how to count them, right? Right. <laughs> they just That's keep true. getting bigger it's like somebody it's like you Jesse speak Chinese and I only speak English and I just keep yelling at you louder and louder and louder low sodium soy sauce as if yelling it louder makes you understand it so
0: so what are calories then like why do we if they're printing them bigger and bigger and bigger on packaging to get us to pay attention to them then why do we need to pay attention to them
1: so calories are they're literally a they are what they are is a measurement system it's a way of measuring potential chemical energy okay that's okay like gasoline how does gasoline work right you spray it into your into your engine you ignite it with a spark and it causes an explosion and it's no, explosion no. causes the piston i to go, go to down. the
0: gas station i, I put, put the pump in and then it clicks off when the when the fuel tank's this <laughs> full So
1: the explosion is the chemical energy being released, right? This is similar in how our body works, right? Calories are a measurement of the potential chemical energy of food. Fats and carbohydrates and starches have the highest amount of potential energy, right? Those are the fuels that Mm -hmm. we use in our body, right? Fat is the storage tank, so to think of, of carbohydrates and starches, okay? And that's why they're bonded near the proteins, is to allow for the ease of getting these this energy, right? Like fueling your car with gas. That's what calories are. They're the gas that literally fuels your body. Your body is hot because there is an endothermic reaction, which is a fancy way of saying there's a lot of hot stuff happening inside your body. And <laughs> <laughs> it makes you physically warm, right? Because we keep our body at a certain temperature because it runs the most efficiently at this temperature, which is typically 98 degrees, right? Not the band, the temperature. <laughs> so calories are nothing more than a way to measure the potential energy of your food. So let's say, uh, so I've been so on a diet. So why is this
0: important? Well,
1: I'm gonna get to that. So okay. I've been on a, I've been on a diet, right? I've been losing weight for the last year, right? And the reason is because I ate too many calories for so long that I've built up these stores of fat, right? And these stores of fat, you know, because I'm healthy and I'm in good shape and I'm not losing weight because of chemo. I need to intentionally lose weight so that I'm healthier because keeping too much weight on you is not healthy, right? It taxes your systems. So the way you do this is you create what's called a calorie deficit. And that means that you don't take in as much fuel as your body burns. My body burns 2,700 calories a day. So right now I'm doing 1,700 calories a day. It creates a thousand calorie deficit. And over three days, I'll lose one pound of fat weight because I will have burned extra calories over what I took in. Now in cancer, it's always the opposite. We want to take in more calories or as many calories as we can over what we need on our daily basis. So let's say you need 1500 calories to maintain your weight, right? We wanna go up to 1600, 1700, somewhere in there to keep it up and above, especially if you've lost a lot of weight. So when you take in too many calories too much energy you'll start to gain weight okay your body builds around it increases its fat stores its muscle stores so on and so forth and will start to build weight and so what happens in chemo that we talk about is you get cachexia systematic right. starvation. starvation starvation is nothing more and nothing less than not getting enough calories or potential energy into your body. So think of it like a car that's not, it's just running on fumes, right? You're running right. on less than a quarter tank of gas all the time. We want to keep that tank full. We want to get as many calories as we can. You know, especially if we're really low on body weight, we want to keep those calories up. One more bite, one more bite, one Which more bite. Which is the bite.
0: point of cooking for chemo Which because is the point of it. one and more so bite,
1: how you basically understand nutrition. You need a certain amount of protein, you need a certain amount of fat, you need a certain amount of carbohydrates, you need a certain amount of vitamins and minerals. And the calories are how we measure that actual energy. It's just a number that we can assign to something and we can count those calories, right? I need 1,700 because I'm losing weight. If I go over that 1,700, I may not be gaining weight necessarily until I go over that 2,700 and then I'm putting weight on because I'm not burning that many calories in a day. So
0: if I understand this correctly, so your body... Each individual is unique and different. Correct. So my body burns X amount of calories. Correct. If I eat that, the amount of calories that my body burns, I guess I'm calorie neutral. Yes. Like I, I break even.
1: You're break even, you're so calorie neutral. So if I neutral. eat
0: over what I burn though, I'll start to gain weight. Yes, which will if, make you
1: calorie positive.
0: If I eat under what I burn a day,
1: Makes you calorie I will negative. lose weight.
0: Correct. So okay. calorie
1: positive, eating too many calories over what you burn gains weight if you eat, if I burn 2,700. I eat 2,700. I'm calorie neutral. I will neither gain nor lose weight. And if I am calorie negative, I will slowly over time lose weight depending on how much of a deficit it is.
0: Well, these calories are a lot more important than we thought. Looks, yeah, looks like they're doing the right thing, making them <laughs> bigger on the boxes. <laughs> and
1: this is really, really important to know when you're going through cancer treatments yes. because we don't want to lose too much weight because when you lose too much weight, it causes all kinds of other hosts of problems. So this brings us to why the heck do I even need to know this stuff? And this is where a dietitian comes in. Okay. So there are, Two titles you will hear a lot in your life uh, these days, especially when you're going through cancer. You'll hear the word nutritionist and you'll hear the word dietitian. Someone will say, so, Oh, my nutritionist recommends this. And then you go to the cancer center and you say, Oh, my dietitian told me I need to be eating this, that, and the other. So, what's the difference? The difference is really very big. It's a huge difference. The difference is this: a nutritionist is a pretty much a self-appointed title. It's someone who's an enthusiast for food and weight loss or dieting or some kind of dietary regimen. Typically, they're self-appointed or they may have gone to like somebody's crash webinar course to get a a nutritionist certification, right? And they're typically trying to sell you a diet or a program that they believe in, right? Low carbohydrate, high fat, low fat, high carbohydrate, (laughs) ketogenics right? Veganism, all these different things. These are programs, paleo. These are things, these are programs that people are trying to sell you. Somebody invented this and it's a thing to sell you, right? It's a product they're trying to sell you. They're a salesperson.
0: And like we talk about in cooking for chemo, everybody's different.
1: Yes. One size does not fit all. Absolutely does not fit all. And so nutritionists are not medically licensed and they are not medical professionals. And from some of my friends who are dietitians have said, they're actually working on getting the word nutritionist removed entirely from these people, that they can't use that word. They're gonna be a the next category will be medical professionals who are dietitians and nutritionists. And so they won't be able to even use that word anymore in the future. That way there's no confusion. Cause right now it's There's like, a
0: lot of confusion right like now. It's like calling
1: somebody a doctor, a medical doctor who's not actually a doctor. If you go around saying that you're a doctor, but you're not a medical doctor and you perform surgery on somebody, that's a crime right? It's punishable by law because it's misrepresentation. So that brings us to our next category, which is dietitians. So
0: what is a dietitian? A
1: dietitian is a medical professional. They're licensed. You will literally, you will usually see the letters RDLD behind their name, which means registered dietitian slash licensed dietitian. They have a bachelor's or a master's degree in dietetics.
0: That's a lot of education.
1: Yes. It's a serious specialty. Like they know I know more about how to cook the food than they will ever know. But they know more about the nutrition and the nutritional needs and what the calories are and how to calculate these and how things. how it
0: works in your body. And how it
1: works inside of your body yeah. than I will ever care to even care about. <laughs> 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 right and they always work at a hospital a clinic a school something they, they they work at some official institution they're also like i said medically licensed and they are, they hold a license they actually have to go to schooling for this real schooling not a webinar it's real stuff they have to consistently take continuing education classes some of my friends are these you really really want to work these so the ones you're going to want to work with are called oncological dietitians. And if your hospital or clinic does not have one, you should look one up. You can always talk to your oncology department, especially your social workers, and they will be able to point you in the direction of a good dietitian. And these are who you want to talk to because they can help you through all your stages of cancer, pre-treatment, during treatment, your surgeries, post-treatment, to help you get the calories, the nutrients, the proteins, the carbohydrates, the vitamins, the minerals, minerals that you need for your body to heal or stay healthy during cancer treatments. So
0: you used a term, a specific term, oncological dietitian.
1: So oncology is just the science of cancer. Right. So oncological would be...
0: So a dietitian that specializes specializes in diets for cancer patients and the nutrients that they specifically need for their specific body. And
1: and when we say diet, guys, we need to be very clear here. Diet is any eating regimen that you eat right literally they'll talk about the brontosaurus the brontosaurus eats a mostly herbaceous diet right it doesn't mean you know low calorie or high calorie or low fat high fat paleo those are specific quote-unquote health food diets right we're talking about literally what you eat that's anything that you eat is considered your diet
0: so, I know we're going to do a, a specific podcast on dietitians down the road. We're working on getting getting one to come on the show. Um, so, if you're what, a dietitian what? and you'd like to be on our show,
1: <laughs> send an email to cookingforchemo at gmail.com.
0: So, um, what specific? So, I guess they just lightly touch on this. We don't have to go into detail because when we have someone on, they'll go into great detail about it. But, like, so they have a specific job of like figuring out Your nutritional needs specifically for you, not a general. Correct. Okay. So
1: we always talk about this. I just want to clarify there is no one size fits all cancer treatment. There is no one size fits all anything in cancer, right? Nothing works for anybody like that. Heck. Hats that say one size fit all had to be changed to one size fits most. Because <laughs> some people have really tiny heads and some people have really gigantic heads, right? If hats don't work, which is as simple as a head covering, how does something as complex as medical treatment work for everybody, right? So a dietitian will literally work with you, your body, your treatment regimen, everything that you have going on in your life, your exercise, your lack of exercise, your sedentariness, you know, what you do, what kind of surgery you're going through, what kind of treatment you're going through and they know how to get the nutrients into your body that you need. They know exactly what you need for each phase of this treatment.
0: So they tell you what you should be eating and then people come to you and then you teach them how to make it taste good so they'll want to eat it. Yes. is it really I understanding this That correctly? is
1: absolutely correct. It's a very healthy and tasty partnership. <laughs> so, work with your dietitians, guys. Talk to them about what kind of nutrients you need to work with. And this is where we always talk about the tasting journals. Yes. You can take your tasting journals to the dietitian. It helps them a lot because they're, look, culinary is art, right? It's art and science, so it's mostly art. Dietics is all science. pure, raw, boring science, right? It's the kind of stuff that kids fell asleep at in, in chemistry class. Not the thermite explosions or the booms or the fire that you got all excited about. No, it's the boring kind of stuff, the math and the numbers. They do that. Give them your tasting journal. They may say, eat this, because you need this, ca- this thing. And you can say, well, I can't eat that because it doesn't work with me. Then they can make recommendations of other foods to try, which is where the tasting journals and the tasting palettes and all these things come into play to make these two things work together to make a complete experience.
0: That's amazing. I love it. Audience email time. My friend sent me an article that I can cure my breast cancer by eating leafy greens and incorporating lots of flaxseed. Is this true? Thanks for your help, Chef Ryan.
1: <coughs> I'm Chef Ryan.
0: I know. Well, I was saying thanks for your help, Chef Ryan. <laughs> I had <am> fluctuated <laughs> oh, wrong. Oh, okay. Thanks for your help, Chef Ryan. Oh, there okay. you go. See,
1: I fixed it. <laughs> there you go. So, okay, this is a question that people always ask. So there is whew, the internet. Let's just start with this idea. The internet. Anybody. Literally anybody. That crazy guy who lives under the bridge with a tinfoil hat. He can post articles, well-written articles, right, on the internet that represents himself well. And you would never know that he wears a tinfoil hat. <laughs> you wouldn't. You have no idea, you know? You'd see his we name. They always is...
0: say it's like the wild, wild west on the it internet. It is.
1: The inter- it is the wild west that anybody can feel anyway. And it's, you know, it's true unbridled democracy with no filter, right? That This is reality, people. This is what it is. There is so much bad information, misinformation, unproven information, bad science information that isn't proven or has some corollary evidence. Corollary evidence is not in itself a true evidence, right? There's correlations that you can draw from these things, but then they have to be proven through actual specific studies, okay? So a lot of times we'll get things where people say, oh, well, you know, flaxseed has this, you know, vitamin B, whatever, or has this chemical in it. And that chemical has been shown, proven. They always use the word proven and then they never cite the source. Proven.
0: Because they can't prove
1: it. Proven in the study to, you know, reduce the occasion of breast cancer. Well, there are way, 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 way too many factors that go into cancer to say this one food prevents breast cancer and preventing is a heck of a lot different than curing. Okay. Right. So the person who perpetrated, I say perpetrated because it really is a crime of misinformation. The idea that leafy greens cure cancer actually guys died of cancer. This person died of the very diet that they espoused and said, this cures cancer. They died from cancer from eating this diet. It does not work. It is not science it is not medicine it is voodoo and superstition right
0: it makes me sad to see it things does. like that because it hurts people it, it hurts doesn't so actually people. help and the,
1: people and the worst part is people who are going through cancer are vulnerable and they are looking for anything and you can be desperate because you are desperate to survive cancer it's a fight for your literal life to where you are willing to try literally anything and these people are wolves preying on innocent people and they should go to jail for this I really believe that. This is wrong what they're doing. And this is a very very bad wrong thing. So guys, work with your dietitians, ignore the nutritionists on the internet. Go with the dietitian, get the good science, not the bad science. Don't sit here and read about these miracle cures. Don't read about putting, you know, hemp oil on your tumors to make it go away. You know, if you read something that is too good to be true, I have great news for you. It is too good to be true. The fact of the matter is is that We have cures for cancer, we just need them to take time to work, which is where cooking for chemo comes in. Because as we know, most people do not die from cancer, they die from complications from chemotherapy, right? We see 70% of people who have terminal cancer die from starvation, not the cancer itself, okay? When we have people who are not, it goes to a lower figure between 20 and 40%. And remember, guys, these are wide figures because there are literally hundreds and hundreds of types of cancer itself, cancer treatments, and so on and so forth. It is too complicated for one person to have a miracle cure for. We're talking about hundreds of different diagnoses, hundreds of different types, thousands and millions of different genetic combinations that can cause cancer right? And not just that, but that you have in your body. Because remember guys, no two people are the same. That's why we have customized treatment for each person. There is no one size fits all cure. There's no one size fits all treatment. We try these for different people, right? And that's what we do. And that's what Cooking for Chemo is here to do, is to bridge that gap between the science and the art and the human experience, give you your quality of life back and to help you work with your dietitian to live longer, to beat the cancer. And that's what we're all about.
0: Man, it just got real in here. (laughs) Oh man, that was intense. We'll have to do a podcast on misinformation because I think that would actually probably be that's a whole subject and a whole 20-30 minute discussion by itself. So we'll have to do that in the future.
1: Maybe take the most popular theories and, and, talk and about and them. talk about them and yeah. why they're wrong.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll, well yeah, we'll do that on an upcoming podcast. But that's all for this episode of the Cooking for Chemo podcast. Remember, you can get all this information and more on our website, cookingforchemo.org, along with our gourmand award-winning cookbook, Cooking for Chemo and After. I'm Jesse Callahan. And I'm
1: Chef Ryan Callahan.
0: Thanks for listening.